Welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training or SALT. And today, once again, we have with us my dear friend, Justin Vandeveer. Welcome, Justin. Hey, Bob. It's good to have you with us. Appreciate you taking time to share with us some very valuable information in regards to recovery ministry and what leaders need to know about that. Justin serves as the director of the Hope Ministry, which is a recovery ministry for the Southside Church of Christ in Fort Worth. And so I've asked Justin several questions already to tell about his background. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our first session together, please go back and listen to that because it really lays some groundwork for the direction of what we're going to be talking about today and as well our sessions in the future. But I'd like, Justin, if you would, to take a few moments, tell us about one or maybe two of the greatest lessons that you've learned since working in recovery ministry and specifically working with hope. Yeah, absolutely. I love this question. Um, so it's been my conviction that the practical process of recovery is one of the greatest opportunities to be intentional about spiritual formation. And that's been the biggest takeaway. Um, this is just even going back to my introduction into the traditional AA model, um, which left Christ out of the equation. It was very, uh, I remember thinking at the time, like everybody needs this. Everybody needs to be doing this kind of thing and be intentional about doing this type of thing. Um, and that's only further been um, fueled, you know, by my work at, uh, Southside and with the hope ministry and in my own journey of recovery, it's the greatest opportunity for me to really work on taking myself off the throne because I need to be off the throne. Christ needs to be on, on the throne. It, his kingdom needs to be growing in me. And we talk about that all the time. It gets preached often. But what does it actually look like? And for people who need concrete um, examples and also need something Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday on those days that, you know, we're not getting together. This is really um, it's really been exceptional for that. So my my work here is further fueled that flame and that conviction. And then the other big thing, I think. I've received from my friend Donna and actually the Bob, I think you've met Donna has an incredible story. She's been in recovery. Uh, goodness, probably longer than I've been alive. I will say that. And, uh, <laughs> uh not going into any more details. Um, she, she told me, uh, in a moment we're we're good friends. And she said, don't be so, heavenly bound that you're no earthly good. Mm. And I think there's so much in that. Um, and I think that also ties into why this process is so essential because it is actively uh, encouraging the person who's doing it, who's working it to be exercising humility. And that when you're not, when you're so heavenly bound that you're no earthly good, you're not exercising Right. So those are some of, some of the most um, powerful 
and important lessons that I've learned. Well, I remember you sharing that about being so heavenly bound that we're no earthly good. And I've, I've used that on a number of occasions in talking to other people because it's such a, a powerful statement and it really does speak to the importance of being humble in, in the things that we do. So I appreciate you sharing that. So if a leadership is, is thinking about a recovery ministry, what would you tell them as to why this is so important uh, in regards to their leadership and their congregation and their outreach into the community? Why is a recovery ministry so important to them? Well, you know, the stats alone are staggering. Um, I mean, now we are in a, a time of a pandemic, a time of, of epidemic. Um, and when you think about that, you start seeing the numbers, the media is flooded with uh, um, what the cases look like and what those numbers look like. And it, it goes up and the comparisons start to be made to certain world events uh, based on those cases and those numbers. And I in no way want to undermine the severity of what some individuals have experienced through uh, COVID-19 and, and this um, this time that we're in right now. That is though why this is important because take all the numbers that we have and multiply that by two or three and you have on average what uh, people who suffer from addictions um, look like on a yearly basis. You know, it's, it's in the hundreds of thousands uh, the deaths are in the hundreds of thousands. Um, the ramifications of all that on a social economical, from a social economical standpoint are staggering. I mean, that alone is, is one reason, but the other reason is, um, we, we are supposed to be ministers of reconciliation. We're supposed to be reconciling people to God um to others and to his creation as a whole and it's very difficult to do that if we're not engaging in it right i mean that may sound very uh straightforward and simple but it's it's just i hope it is i mean that that's the point um so and this is one way it that we can do that I teach a course on when addiction is a part of the family. And what I mean by family is the family of God. And I would be willing to bet that any family of God out there, whether that's here on the south side of Fort Worth, there in Louisiana, or wherever in the, in the United States, there is at least a handful of people who are uh, directly affected by addiction or know somebody who's in recovery. So it's there, it's in the midst, it's probably lurking somewhere in the shadows often. And our, um, our calling is to be children of light and to be bringing things um, into the light so that transformation can happen. And so I think it's important that we're engaging in that. And, and that's what the church is about at the end of the day as well, is being a really strong community. And when, we're talking about recovery community is huge. It's either going to be a community that promotes like I had uh, the wrong things, or it's going to be a community that helps uh, promote the right things. Well, and as 
as we think about the importance of this, uh, again, from a leadership perspective, I think it's, it's not only important that they know why they should be involved in a recovery ministry, but I, if, if they're like me, the questions that are going to flow are things like, okay, how do we do that? What, what does it look like? So what does a leadership need to know if they're even contemplating this idea of, okay, we need to consider putting in a recovery ministry, what do they need to know in order to get something like that started? Okay, well, first of all, you and I are from a part of the country where there's a lot of lakes and those lakes have cliffs and people like to jump off of those cliffs. Now, if you've ever been cliff jumping and been up with a group of people, you know that you're maybe not inclined to jump off first, but if you see somebody else go, you're more inclined to do so. Right. The first thing people need to understand that there have been people who have jumped off the cliff and they're down below and they're swimming and they're just fine. So any um, fear that may be there, we need to, uh, I think we need, first need to accept that we do have fear and, and trepidation um, and then acknowledge that, see where, what that's about maybe. But as far as um, what you need to know, um, was that the question, what you need to know? Yeah, what leaders need to know about getting into a recovery ministry. Okay, so that kind of gets to the point, you need to know that nothing is impossible with God, right? It may be very difficult. It may be as difficult as putting a needle through a camel's eye, but it's not impossible. Right. So uh, leaning on that and moving forward, you need to know that it is going to be very difficult that you are going to be in the the muck and the mire you're going to be experiencing human suffering on a level that maybe you have never experienced now you may have your own story of suffering uh, but this may open you up to a world of of pain that you've never even imagined or thought about and so i think it's important to understand that um, but the reward from it I don't know that I can actually adequately describe the reward from it because you know that if Jesus were here today, right, if he were to come back and we wouldn't know who he was, he wouldn't be apparent to us because he wouldn't be attractive or he wouldn't stand out. He wouldn't be like somebody who, uh, you know, we maybe would think he would be. I believe that he would be around people who are in recovery or who are suffering from addiction. I believe that in my heart of hearts. He was and so <laughs> what's that? He was in the first century. <laughs> exactly. And so why wouldn't he be now um in in this century? So there's a I think a, there's a piece to that. Uh, and there's also a a strong purpose in that to know that you're aligning yourself with uh christ's heart and and being someone after his own heart um doing this you know you're going to meet people who are in poverty you're going to meet people who are widows and orphans and you're going to be walking it out you're going to you're going to be doing something that James calls us to do and not even realizing you're doing it. And it's not going to be for selfish motives um, at the end of the day. And if it was to begin with, 
I think it gets stripped away and that's the beauty of it. At some point you may go in to help people, but you may be the one that ends up being helped. And so that's why um, it's important. And that's what I think people need to know about it. I couldn't help but think as you were describing some of that, that it might just give people a better perspective of grace. Absolutely. Yeah. And who doesn't need that? Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, just having been around you and, and having witnessed uh, some of the things that take place with the Hope Ministry and the time that I was able to be there, I, I just couldn't help but think the value of grace and, and what a deeper appreciation we need and how recovery ministry could bring that about. Well, <clears throat> before we end this session, I really would like for you to spend some time talking about how you might caution leaders or what caution you would give to leaders that are thinking about getting into recovery ministry, because it's, it's not easy. And you've kind of touched on that to some degree and what they're going to be introduced to that maybe they, they're, they haven't thought of or prepared for, but what caution would you give them uh, to consider in regards to getting into a recovery ministry? So, Everyone can be engaging in recovery ministry. They just may not be doing it at the same level or degree as others. And I think that's an important point. Everyone needs a hug. Everyone needs to be recognized. I see you. You exist in the world. You aren't just, um, you know, trash. You know, we don't say that, but maybe by neglecting just to make eye contact or say hello uh, we we apply that, and so there's people who are going to serve in that way just by being a presence that is um, comforting, but maybe they don't have the time, the effort, the um, the resolve necessarily to go a little bit deeper in that process. So here's how I would caution leaders who are considering this: approach it like you would a foreign mission. Uh, approach it like, because this is a subculture. This is a, a subculture that has its own language. It, it meets all the criteria of a, a subculture. And like we would suggest for people who are going to the Philippines, for instance, or, um, you know, Africa or, or any other um, foreign country, we would suggest, hey, go and do this um, uh, training before you go. Learn a little bit about what's going on. Uh, I would advise the same things, uh, and I would caution that if you don't do that, that what might happen is you might have the best intentions, but people will get hurt. And it's been my experience, personally and professionally, that when we don't do that, people get hurt. Um, they don't get hurt because uh, people want to hurt other people. They get hurt because uh, there isn't the same level of care given to this mission as maybe a foreign mission. So I would caution you to um, stop and pray. First of all, pray about this decision. Is it the right decision? Um, is God leading you in this direction? If so, um, know that you have the strength of God behind you and therefore it is not going to be an impossibility. And then I would proceed from a place of uh, inquisitiveness, you know, just from an inquisitive nature and 
and learn about that subculture, maybe um, tap a few resources, um, go through some, some processes yourself. Anything you can do that, that will help with that is going to uh, make you have a stronger recovery ministry in the long run. And the third caution, the last caution, I guess, you want to do that because here's, here's the really raw reality of recovery ministry. And I, as we, uh, before we got on here, I, I learned a friend of mine had relapsed. And anytime a person relapses, you have as a human being, this inclination to, go to a certain point inside of yourself where you want to um, get angry. You want to blame them. You want to kind of tell them what they can do, what they can't do. You want to feel, you want to take that on yourself and that doesn't help the person. We want to give people permission uh, to get better. And we do that by saying, by allowing them to give themselves permission. We're not going to change them. We're not going to, um, get them to a place that maybe we want them to be. But relapse does happen. It's not a uh, necessarily a definite, but it does happen. And also death happens. Over the course of six and a half years, I can't count on both hands the amount of people that I walked alongside of that are no longer here. Mm. And... So in order to be able to continue to help people who are here, you have to wrestle with that stuff with God on a continuous basis and, and also with other people. And I think there's, you have to have a strong understanding of what your role in the equation is. I can't, you know, my buddy, uh, Chris, who went back out after we served together, we led together, and then he, he didn't make it. He was found frozen to death out in the in the woods. That was his choice. I loved him when I could love him. I poured into him with the, the truth of God while I could, and he knew all that. And ultimately, I know God is big enough for, for things like that, for, um, situations like that. Now, does it hurt? Absolutely. It hurts. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It never is. And you don't want to become callous, um, to those things. But I think as Bob, you mentioned earlier, it gives you a better grasp on grace and don't we all need that? I mean, so that would be, that would be some of my cautions. There's probably a little bit more, but, um, I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> it's totally possible um, to well, work just in recovery. Reality, the the pain, and and how ugly things can be, and how difficult they can be, and and that's what ministry is. If the only aspect of ministry is reaching out to people who are like us, if you will, who look like us, dress like us, uh, you know that kind of thing then we're not really involved in ministry the way that we need to be because ministry involves getting in the lives of people that, that sometimes deal with pain and emptiness at levels that we don't understand. And 
Uh, I think that's one of the things I love about you and love about your ministry and, and how that you relate in such a powerful way to that situation and, and have a way of demonstrating grace uh, and understanding, which we all need. So I, I, I value that. I value our friendship and, and I just I love the ministry that you're doing and pray about it uh, every day. And so thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, as much as I hate to end this session, we need to end. And uh, but we're going to pick back up with more and for joining us. And, and thank you to everyone who tuned in. Again, I encourage you to listen to the first session and, and we're not done. We're going to continue to uh, carry on this discussion in our future session. So join us as we continue to talk with Justin Vanderveer about uh, recovery ministry and specifically the work that he does with hope. So God bless and have a great day, everyone.